1: Welcome, everybody, to Guys and a Mike March Madness Talk. A little college basketball front and center on this beautiful early March weekend here. To Guys and a mic, TalkZone.com. Big Dog and the coach with you right up until 11 o'clock. We'll sneak into some other avenues too. We'll jump off the sports page. Got a little golf to talk about. That's right. Golf is up there. A little uh, auto racing, and of course, we can't forget pitchers and catchers. Reporting a little spring training report. I heard another upsetting interview on the radio right before coming in, there. Right, but well, not upsetting, but it, but it it, it it parlays onto our conversation a couple of days ago about how guys are talking about how great things are now and how good the coaches are doing now, and and like what the hell was going on last year at the White Sox training camp and at the Cubs training camp. So we'll do a little baseball talk, too. Again, dog, coach, up to 11. Phone lines open, 888-463-6748, the phone number. A little bit of David Olson's uh, semi-elusive music. And then we begin the show, DC for three. Welcome to the two guys at a mic show. Big dog, I read uh, something this morning where it said uh, marriage. This guy had just, or uh, was consulting someone who just got divorced. Anyhow, his quote was, marriage is a wonderful institution. But then again, who wants to be in an institution? Thank you very uh,
2: much. I do, I do believe I've heard that one before. Yes. And, uh, yeah, feel you know, hey. he's got a you just got to figure out which institution you decide to submit yourself to.
1: Exactly. I kind of like that one. By the way, I meant to uh, bring this up with you, or or I I meant to put this down as a note. I didn't, but I just remembered it. Front page. Front page of today's Chicago Tribune. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to co-host via the telecommunicative phone lines my good friend, Joel Redwanski. But front page Tribune today, big dog. There is a dude in a kayak on the Chicago River, and the story is about, I believe, the cleansing. Of the Chicago River. Now the picture wasn't clear. I look. I don't think it was you, but uh, I thought about you. It was a kayak, a guy, and the Chicago River. Front page, Chicago Tribune.
2: Where Where is the picture being taken at? They They send a, they, they send Tribune people down to our uh, our place all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm not kidding you. This summer, four times they came down and just took pictures and they like, talked to us and stuff.
1: Uh-huh. Were any uh, of the stories we're... printed? Were you ever quoted?
2: yeah I no no I wasn't I, you know what they didn't they didn't quote me and uh, it was funny is they talked to the dumbest people on our tour every time every single I, I've talked about this on the show every single time they would come out they would talk to the people in the in our trip that were had like the lowest iQ and they would give the stupidest <laughs> quotes I'd ever heard like they were so dumb I'm like, oh my goodness like why could you please pick somebody else that actually has a brighton?
1: Are you implying they did this uh, by chance or on purpose?
2: A total coincidence, but I swear every time okay. I came out there, they would pick the doofus out. Okay. I swear to you that every single time it was cracking up, but I, I mentioned it after the second time, and Donnie was like, yeah, why they, Did you hear know the quote that person gave? It was like the last time he was all upset about it because the person was like, There was water in my boat.
1: Yeah, well, ladies and like gentlemen, I can thinking. tell you, he's a uh, entertaining, if not semi qualified, sports talk host, but. By day and the, uh, you know, spring has sprung. The grass is ris. I wonder where the birdies is. The weather's starting to warm up. It won't be long. Waterriders.com. Some of the most entertaining tours of the city of Chicago via a kayak and via the Chicago River. My good friend, Joel Red and Joel, I'll take a 10% of all your tips this year. Thank you very much.
2: Well, that, that'll be all right. That should, I do all right in tips, coach, believe it or not. So yeah, but you're not getting any part of it. Okay. We'd actually have to have somebody that actually, uh, uh, I'd have no problem giving you 10% if somebody actually came out from that. Do you think okay. it'll happen? What's right.
1: your chance? So, so if I tell people you got to mention the coach recommended it, then I might pull the 10%. I'd give you 10% of my gross earnings. Beautiful. Beautiful. By the way, I'll give you a tip. Never okay. invest in railroads and don't eat yellow snow. That's my Did tip you for the day. never invest in railroads? Never invest in railroads and don't eat yellow snow. Those are my two tips for the day. Why is Dave looking at me like that?
0: Why I you don't know. With all those high speed rail lines coming in, I might. It might not be a bad time to invest in the railroads.
1: It was a quip. It wasn't really
0: in-depth theory. Well,
1: <laughs> you don't want to. Over- well, half, it,
0: half of it so. was good advice, but the other half, eh, okay. I got a question. All right, right
1: all right, I'll take that. I'll take that. Big don't lots to talk about here. It's a non football front. I know it's about our third or fourth. We're kind of getting used to it now, but we are in the, the month of March. We got March Madness basketball hoops heating up. Got some good stuff going on this weekend, some of those tournament championship games, the Southern Conference and Atlantic Sun, and we'll talk some about those. A lot of fun. And um and the uh, final, I guess the regular season for the big schools ends this weekend, right? Your final games Friday, Saturday, Sunday?
2: Yeah, that's uh, for the for the big six conferences, yep. that's like the final regular season games of this weekend, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Michigan State, Ohio State is massive because if Michigan State wins, they're the outright champion of the Big Ten, and if Ohio State can win and Michigan, they're the tie with Ohio State, and if Michigan can also beat Penn State this weekend and Ohio State wins, there'll be a three-way tie for the Big Ten championship.
1: Michigan and, and, State, and, Ohio, where is that game at? That is, uh I believe, at, at at Michigan State, so the Spartans can win the conference crown Sunday, that game is, folks, Sunday, uh they can win it in front of their own fans. Pretty cool.
2: Yeah, that is pretty cool. So it's, it's most likely I, – I can't imagine uh, Michigan losing to a Penn State team right now. They're they they they're playing really good basketball. So uh, I would have to say it's like either for an outright championship or a three-way tie.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the Michigan Wolverine, boy, the last time I'd have to – Check the record books, but the Michigan Wolverines, last time they've been regular season, Big Ten champs, are we going back to the Fab Five? Probably. No, they, they never
2: know. they never won the Big Ten championship in those what? years. It was, uh, of course they didn't. That was like Indiana and Illinois were dominating back then. Wow. The last, the last Michigan uh, Big Ten championship, so uh-huh. see if you can figure out. Well, how about this? Do you want the names and figure out the year, or do you want the year and well, you give me please, the names?
1: Please tell me we're not going back to Cassie Russell and Bill Bunton.
2: No, no, it is not 1963, coach.
1: Okay, love Cassie Russell, by the way.
2: Okay, I'll give you the I'll give you the the starting lineup.
1: Okay. Was there a uh, Rob Rob Palenka?
2: No, no, no. Okay. The Rob Palenka was not on the starter. Rob Palenka was a backup to the. Yeah, Fat you're five. right.
1: You're right. All right, go ahead. Who's on that well, team? How about
2: this uh, Roy
1: Tarpley? Oh man! The That's... judge. 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 <laughs> High school superstar, number one rated player in the country, great in high school, good in college, and an absolute complete dud in the pros. Antoine, the judge, do remember his hair? Oh,
2: that was disgusting. The jerry curl? back. That yeah, actually, that's what it was. The, that jerry curl actually helped him in college. It really did, because yep. no one wanted to guard him.
1: <laughs> he just
2: slid right <laughs> off him. And, and you remember Gary yeah. Grant, Coach? Remember Gary I Grant? I do.
1: A f- Solid guard. Very, very yeah, impressive. That,
2: That 86 uh, Michigan team was incredible, Coach. It was really good. That was the last time they've won. The last time Michigan won in Illinois, it was 1995. Think about that. The last time they won in Champaign. That's how bad that team has been.
1: I'm trying not to think about it that much. But Michigan, now let me ask you this here, because this was not necessarily in our program notes to break down the Big Ten Conference Championship and as people can see I'm not talking to you here, did you just pull off the top of your head what Michigan team, what year, and a Roy Tarpey, and a Gary Grant, and an Antoine, the judge, Jobert? Yeah, or, it was. Or was that was that mentioned on the game last night? No,
2: so that was mentioned in the game last night. Okay. But I didn't know but I did know the whole team. I mean like when we were watching it with the fellas and I was they were like, Oh the eighty six team and immediately I was like the mm-hmm. judge and Roy Tarpley. So that's so uh, I knew the stuff, so that's why it was pretty easy to recall this morning. All
1: right, well, the Wolverines—that's a long time ago. So they got a chance to do it. They're going to have to. Boy, this is, it's hard for Michigan fans, but you got to root—you got to root for Ohio State this weekend. So that's good. And I think—is it Sunday, Big Dog? We have North Carolina and Duke. Yes. Battling for the ACC championship. Remember the last time they played Duke with a miraculous comeback and a miraculous last shot by Austin? Don't call me Doc Rivers.
2: Yeah. Let's be frank. North Carolina was up by ten points for thirty the first thirty six minutes of the game. Yep. And then the last four minutes, uh, Duke pants them. <laughs> but that's what they did. For I mean, Zeller, Tyler Zeller. Which one is in, in North Carolina? Tyler or Cody Zeller? Tyler. Okay. Well, Tyler could hit a free throw. and He's an eighty percent shooter. All of a sudden, North Carolina, who's not the best defensive team, couldn't rebound. You know that they normally can rebound. So, uh, I, but it's that Duke now, isn't it?
0: Yeah, because, Duke.
1: Yep.
2: So uh, I, this is for the—is it for the outright ACC championship? Yeah,
1: Florida State. You remember in the middle of the season, Florida State made uh-huh. a little bit of a run at it, but I believe after all is said and done, it's uh, once again North Carolina and Duke at the end of the trail.
2: Even though last night uh, Florida State won a real competitive ball game, where their starting center got kicked out of the game for kicking somebody in the chest. Oh boy. Yeah,
1: real class act that was. I did not see that. By the way, in case you a uh, busy weekend, you want to mark it down now. Seton Hall at DePaul, five o'clock tomorrow. Now that is
2: definitely for seedings in the Big East Conference, right? Just <laughs> so, DePaul trying to inch up to the 15th
1: I want to hear Big Dog try to make this game exciting. Yes, it is for seedings in the Big East tournament. Yeah, very excellent. A lot excellent. of impl- excellent. A lot of implications in that game. Um, All right, so we got some big games this weekend. Some teams have already been eliminated, Big Dog, including, you know, it's been a brutal year for our Illinois team, starting right at the top with Illinois. Just about every drill. The only minor shining lights have been Illinois State, and to a certain extent, my beloved Northwestern Wildcats. But we thought maybe in the tournament, maybe we get a surprise here or there, but out in round one, Loyola, out in round one, the Bradley Brave, out in round one, UIC, and the fun continues.
2: Well, you know what, this year in that particular, in this state, it has been really, really ugly basketball all year long, Coach.
1: Man. A state, by the way, that's rated one of the top for high school basketball, for, for growing basketball talent. Go figure. Yeah,
2: and, you know what, the crazy thing is, for years, for years, everybody was complaining that the top players were leaving Illinois, and like schools like the University of Illinois were getting like the second-tier players,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and
2: they were turning those players into – all Big Ten players, and some of them all Americans. And the last couple of years, everybody complained, well, Bruce Weber can't recruit. Well, he's recruited the last couple of years. Yep. And what was the last couple of Mr. Illinois basketballs they haven't really panned out that have gone to the University of Illinois. How come every time they're a Mr. Illinois basketball and they end up being great, they go to Duke or Kentucky or North Carolina? But when they end up being dud, so, I mean, what was the last Mr. Illinois basketball that went to Illinois and was, <laughs> Dominant. It's a great you know question. I mean? That was, uh, I mean, was it Bruce Douglas in 1982?
1: How about a Deion? You know mean? Deion Thomas? I don't know if you call him dominant, but he was. Well,
2: here's, absolutely not, Coach. I'm going to say Deion Thomas is Illinois' all time leading scorer and rebounder, and for the first 38 minutes of the game, he would be dominant. And I swear to you, as an <laughs> Illinois fan, I would not put Deion Thomas in my top 25 Illinois players of all time, and he's their all time leading scorer and rebounder. Wow. Seriously. When they played Northwestern, he'd score 30 and 20, and then they played Michigan, and mm-hmm. he'd be in the locker room afraid to come out. So it's an, I, I interesting,
1: it's an interesting topic. Mr. Basketballs that have gone to other colleges versus Illinois Mr. Basketballs that have gone to Champaign. Marcus Liberty, another, didn't pan it out. Is, there,
2: you go. Yeah. there you go. And Marcus Liberty was a decent Illinois player. As a matter of fact, he didn't even start at Illinois. He never started
1: before yeah. he left the pros. But you're looking for, I mean, Brandon Paul is a decent player. Player, but when you're talking Mr. Basketball in the great state of Illinois, mm-hmm. we, we need to go a little bit further than decent.
2: Yeah, exactly right. There's a couple things like if you're Mr. Basketball in California and every sport, in California, you got to be decent. But like uh, California, Illinois, Indiana, New York, Texas, you you got to be more than just you know. Hey, he's a quality Big Ten basketball player.
0: Disappointing now
1: 8884636748 if you're uh, starting to feel the fever a little bit your temperature's going from a 98.6 to you know maybe just you don't want to heat up too much but maybe a little 98.9 maybe 99.1 start to heat up it's a long run pace yourself it's a 5 week uh you know merry go round it's a 5 week roller coaster here of a lot of fun of basketball but if you're getting into it you got a little march madness fever you want to talk to the dog and the coach we are right here for you we even have a little um Medicine we can give you a uh, inoculation. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, no inoculation
2: is good. You, you don't want uh, unless you already caught March fever, March Madness. Then you, there's no longer an inoculation. Then you need actually a cure for it.
1: Then it'd be too late. 888-463-6748. The phone number 888-463-6748. <laughs> Speaking of inoculations, Big D, you'll be happy to know I went for my yearly. Physical, something that you are turning into a decade, every decade physical. But uh, by all reports, now keep in mind there was no psychology involved, so the mental part. But physically, I'm good to go, big dog.
2: Now, either you're a hypochondriac
1: or you go a lot more than once a year. This okay? was not, it was not the colonostomy.
2: Well, you're always getting something checked up. I mean, you, every time you have a chance to drop your pants, you do Oh. I
1: mean, is, 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 be honest. Is your doctor a man or a woman? He is a man, and uh, this one was particularly uncomfortable. There was an extra prod and a poke. Well, not good.
2: I mean, that's yeah, that's not good, coach.
1: Not good, big dog. So this
2: is—it's a new doctor, though. No. You know, same you know, doctor. The same, oh, oh, same doctor.
1: Yeah. Same doctor. Yeah, but, you know, the colonoscopy now, you know, I'm scheduled once every five years, so you won't have to hear me talk about that again until, uh, what do we got, 2017 probably. So we're all good.
2: So so you honestly don't go more often than you need to, because I I feel like you go more often than most
1: people do, Coach. It does seem like that. It does, but I know I keep records. you know Believe me, I don't want to go more often than that. But anyhow, I'm good to go, Big Dog, and I highly encourage you and any of our listeners out there, who haven't been to a doctor like the big Doll for the last eight or nine years uh get yourself checked out, and if you got a little March madness fever, we are here to cure it for you eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight and you call up and you know we'll we'll pry and we'll probe a little bit big Doll, but it's certainly not as painful as the actual doctor office. I know you particularly you have very good what do they call it doctor uh what do they call it the the nice talk in the in the doctor's office. There's a word for it. Bedside manner. Bedside manner. Big Dog has very good basketball bedside manner. You take it easy on most everybody.
2: Well, you know, Coach, I have been to the doctor in the last 10 years quite often. Broken bones, dishes. a couple times I've needed shots of penicillin. I'm telling you, I've been there more often than you might think of. You had a
1: big, what was it, a big chunk taken out of your back that had to be looked at? Pardon I apologize to all the people that are... Uh, we are America's number one breakfast show, as long as you're not eating breakfast. But How uh... is the
2: best way that I can say this? Um, I was with a woman for seven years, okay, and she never mentions I have this gigantic chunk that sticks out of my back that I can't see anywhere. It's just like in the perfect spot in the middle of your back that you couldn't Basically, even see.
1: Basically like a divot.
2: Well, no, it's not a divot. It's, it protrudes out. Okay, and I'm not kidding you. The first girl I get intimate with after my divorce First thing she says to me she you you got, like, a really big thing sticking out of your back. I'm like, what are you talking about? Okay. Next one. Same thing. I'm like, what the heck is going on? So finally, and, like, on the third time, the, what, the, she says it, like, immediately. You got this thing sticking out of your back. I'm like, I was at this girl for seven years. She never mentioned oh, this? Okay. I, yeah. So the, the, I the, the, this other girl, she took it out for me. She was a doctor. and She got it no. out. It was a, it was a phone. No. So it was, uh, DC it was a...
1: DC for three. Car.
2: Wow. It, she... was a, it was a phone that got... Was, she thought it was a calcium deposit. It's actually a bone that got stuck in the middle of my back. I was in Alaska, and I was messing around on top of like this one cliff, and the cliff gave out from underneath me, and I fell down this cliff. This is when I was in Alaska, like in 2003 or 2004, and when I fell down, it's because you know I I took a really nasty tumble, coach, and uh, a piece of rock got charred and just got stuck in my back, oh. and it was there for. Years. Oh. I, was, I mean, I was with that girl for another four years. She never mentioned anything about it. Oh. And I'm asking you, every, hey. like, immediately, someone would see me in my shirt. They're like, hey, you have something sticking on your back. What is that?
1: Well, or, a big or, though, not a, certainly the uh, fine female of uh, seven years. Very impressive that anybody stayed with you for seven years, by the way. But certainly she should have pointed out, but, but yeah. as you're, you know, you don't go to a regular doctor, so I'll play your uh, temporary physician here. Very important for you to check yourself out. You need to be standing in front of a mirror. You need to be doing touchy-feely all over your body. And, you know, nobody knows your body like you do. You need to be checking yourself out on a semi-regular basis.
2: It's right in the middle. You couldn't be any more perfectly. It was like half an inch off of my spinal cord right in, like, the upper middle of my back. I never saw it. I still don't know what it looks like. So I just went out when she took a picture and showed me. I was like, oh, my God, that's in the middle of my back?
1: So I I don't know, I just... just, But you said she pulled it out? Yeah, I I was dating a doctor and she got it out.
2: So she took it out. And it was one of the most excruciating things I've ever had to go through. Okay, so she was like pinching it. She's like, oh, I see the tip of it. She kept pinching it and it would get so raw and so tender. I couldn't take it anymore. So like the pus would leak out. Okay, you're the one who you keep on talking about. I'll I'll go. And then it took about (laughs) two weeks to be doing this. So she's like, I can either come home with some stuff and I don't want to do that because it'll give me in trouble and like numb it, or you just wait. And that's you just, we just waited. And eventually, the, she was able to rip it out. And it was <laughs> literally, it was literally <clears throat> the size of a dime. Oh! Almost exactly the same shape. yellow In thickness and how big it was.
1: Two guys and a mic. America's sure number rocket. one breakfast show. As long as you are not eating breakfast.
2: Oh. oh yeah, that, that, I mean if you think about it, that could have it went between my ribs. It could have got like went into my lungs and could have killed me.
1: Yes, could have floated into the bloodstream and worked its way up. No question about yeah. it. Wow, it's unbelievable. All right, a gruesome story, no question about it. But I got,
2: uh, I got all kinds of stories for you, coach. i yeah, I bet you do. So... <laughs>
1: uh, I, I will bet you do. But uh, what was that? What was more painful, having that thing pulled out, or watching Jared Sullinger score a basket with three seconds left and ruining? What could have been one of the great moments in Northwestern basketball history? Which is more painful?
2: I would. Well, the most painful thing I've ever been through is uh, having my fingernail ripped off. Oh boy! That's still the most painful thing I've ever been through.
1: Dave, I was only giving him a. You know, we've been grossed out enough. I was giving him a choice between the two, and he went with the alternative point number C to continue to gross out our audience. Well, I tried. All right, I'll. You know, I'll. I'll, I'll take the leash. I'll bite the. uh Oh, but you
2: want to make it even worse, Coach? Your Not guy really. Trevor Cobb? Your guy Trevor Cobb was defending Jared Sollinger. And John Cherner was supposed to double team and he went the wrong direction on one step and that's why he was half a second late. He was supposed to be standing exactly where Jared Sollinger turned in and shot the ball.
1: Wow. What were you breaking so, down? Guys, tape?
2: As a Notre Dame, I mean, as a Northwestern fan, that can't make things any better for you.
1: No. No, and I feel bad for John Scherner if it was a mental mistake on his part. What were you uh, spending a little bit of yesterday, breaking down some uh, basketball tape? That's impressive.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I I watched the game again, okay,
1: uh-huh.
2: and they can network and listen to the guys break it down afterwards, and uh, they were the ones who let me know that uh, I knew Cobb was on. The, uh, obviously, you're the one who brought it up to me, and then I watched the replay. I'm like, he really was guarding Sullinger.
1: Was Forget Cobb... Was Cobb playing behind Sullinger as he planted his rather large, took us on the low post?
2: Yeah, and to make matters worse, Coach, if you're going to play, like we talked yesterday, that with seven seconds to go in the game, you have to front a great low post score because there's only seven seconds to go. So you force them to take a shot, you give up the offensive rebound, or you force them to make a perfect thread-the-needle pass. Well, guess this is good. But here's another thing, Coach. Cobb is six foot three and a half, so there's no reason to stand behind him because he couldn't defend the shot anyway. So even if he was behind, hey, you go get a hand in the face. How could you? You're six three and a half. Uh, un- unthinkable how he could at be that, on At that
1: point, at you feet. either have to three quarter deny or you go full frontal. <laughs> oh, and,
2: and another thing is, uh,
1: pardon the expression,
2: uh, Alex Marco Tulio. Yeah. Okay, all he had to do is totally had Kraft blocked out. Kraft fakes them. Next thing you know, Kraft is catching the ball, sprinting towards yep. uh, their own basket.
0: Yep.
2: That's another. Don't forget, that's another thing that we didn't bring up yesterday. We kind of hammered the strategy and John Scherena getting turned around, and because he gets turned around, he's a half a second late getting to. So it really wasn't a, a mental mistake, coach. It was like a body positioning mistake. You know, it was like a guy ran and he let the guy run inside of him, and because of that. He like had to wait like half a second in order to when he what, saw the ball in the air.
1: What could Marco Tulio have done different to defend uh, Aaron Kraft?
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna have to tell you straight up. I have no idea, but I do know this. He uh, Aaron Kraft like did one fake. Marco Tulio went down, and he was able to just run straight at the court and he caught the ball yep. sprinting, which towards, is uh, bad. Like yeah. we always we always talk about. For, for as Bears fans, were dying. We don't. I mean, we would love to see a like a quarterback throw the ball over the field. but we'd much rather just see a receiver catching the ball as they sprint towards the goal line, mm-hmm. no matter how far down the line down the field they are. We want to see more of that. Well, that's what happened. That's why you got a, a Aaron Kratz is one of the fastest, most athletic guards in the Big Ten with a full sprint, and you have Sullivan yeah. wide open. That's ninety nine out of hundred in that situation. It's Coach.
1: exactly what you don't want to happen defensively. You want the guy to catch the ball going away from the basket. At any rate, it could have been a great moment, and uh I apologize that that was slightly more painful for you than having that thing pulled out of your back. But uh, we got a chance for redemption. The Cats can get back in the NCAA scene. They got a big game at Carver Hawkeye Arena, taking on Fran McCaffrey, the Steve Forbes look-alike, and the Iowa. Hawkeye should be a great ball game. And again, March Madness in full swing over the weekend. Tons of college basketball. A lot of decisions to be made though, but you can only tape so many games. You know, you got the small school conference championships. You got big conference. Ga- you got high school state championship games and some of the small school divisions. So, um, a very difficult weekend, but you have to make decisions at some point. No? Uh, well, yeah,
2: sometimes you got to make a decision coach. I, I understand where you're getting at. And uh, like this weekend, Iowa and Northwestern are way down on the list. Oh
1: no I, no no no! That that's number one that, for oh, me. Oh yeah
2: yeah yeah yeah! If I'm if I've got a conference championship tournament game, well, that, you can go watch Northwestern Iowa. Okay, at this point, Northwestern somehow Joey Brackett still has him in. I am pulling for Northwestern coach, but come on. I they're less than if they're going to make it, they'll do something in the, in the Big Ten tournament if they're going to make it. The Iowa game is not – if they lose that, they're eliminated,
0: basically.
1: I thought I could I get a little know. bit of redemption yesterday, David Olson. I, I, you were, uh, I was in the studio with Dave after the show, called my wife like the sick puppy I am and had her tape the Big Ten tournament, women's Big Ten tournament, big dog, like 10.30 oh, Illinois goodness. was playing – 12 o'clock, Northwestern. I've gone to a couple of Northwestern women's games. So, you know, hey, maybe a new season. They've struggled to the season, but, you know, Big Ten tournament. So got all excited last night, you know, flipped down the channel, a little Nebraska Northwestern women's. Maybe we can get on a run at a tournament. Before I got the popcorn and the Diet Coke settled in, Nebraska 41, Northwestern 10. That was the score midway through the first half.
2: So I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Coach. Woo! I have not watched a women's basketball game in years. Illinois, Michigan is starting to pee me off, and I'm looking. I look at the Big Ten Network. Okay, yep. we got, we got uh, Wisconsin, Minnesota. These two women hate each other. I'm <laughs> going to watch the Big Ten tournament game. I turn the channel on, and the score is 77 to 35. Ouch! I didn't watch the rest of the game. I don't know if I don't know if Minnesota held on to that 42 point lead with 11 <laughs> minutes to go, Coach. But I'm assuming they did. Uh. And then I. I and then at that point, I got involved in something else. I did not watch Michigan State beat Indiana last night. That was supposedly a pretty good ball game.
1: Heartbreaking so. defeat for Kathy Bennett and the Indiana girls. All right, eight 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 four 888-463-6748, March Madness in full swing. Give us a call. You want to talk about conferences, your favorite teams, bubbles, brackets, whatever it might be. Real quick, Big done Before we go to other topics on the basketball front, NBA news and notes. Uh, our Chicago Bulls back in action, taking on the Cleveland Cavalier and. Kyrie Irving is really the only reason to watch the Cavaliers, but apparently I really haven't seen him play much outside of highlights, but he's having a great freshman year, and I remind everybody, he basically played seven games at Duke. Period. He yeah, came in as a okay. freshman, got injured. He didn't play more than 12. Yeah. So he played okay. seven college games and immediately jumps into a starting role and is starring in the NBA. That's pretty impressive.
2: Yeah, don't quote me on seven exactly, but it was – it was about a quarter of Duke's season that he played last year. And uh, I'll, I'll be the first one to admit it. When he went number one overall, I'm like, could, could this be the worst number one overall pick ever? Honestly, I was thinking that, not to knock on him, but I was like, really, a point guard that you really don't know anything about? Yep. Yeah, he was the deserving number one overall pick in the draft. He's not John Wall, Derrick Rose, but he's a, as athletic as those guys. My God, is he
1: fast, Coach. He can really move. And he finds a way to get into the paint and score.
2: Yeah, that's what I like about him. And he really is, I really feel like he is trying to distribute the basketball as a point guard. Mm -hmm. It hasn't worked out well for him. uh, But NBA game time, it seems like they have the Cavaliers on all the time, it seems like this year. Because they're not on, the Cavaliers are not on any of the. The primetime games on ESPN or TNT, mm-hmm. so that's probably why they're on game time more often than right, the other there
1: are, By the way, there are people upset with Derrick Rose. I don't know if you're uh, aware or not, but appa- I didn't watch the game, but apparently the Bulls were winning 99-95. One more point, and it's free McDonald's for the Bulls fans. Is that correct?
2: Yes, that's exactly right, against the New Orleans uh, Jazz coach. I meant the New Orleans
1: Hornets. And he missed both... Free throws, so uh, there are some angry, overweight people in the city of Chicago that are Bulls fans.
2: Yeah, I I don't blame them whatsoever. I mean, really, if you want to give up your ticket to that game just for uh, 74 grams of sodium and 97 grams of saturated fat, (laughs) the bad kind of saturated fat, by the way.
1: (laughs) Yes,
0: exactly. He was doing them a favor. Yeah, Yeah. right.
2: Uh, he, He wanted to say that. But that would, if he would have said, "I did the fans a favor," that would be the most controversial thing that Derrick Rose has ever said in his whole entire basketball career. It's
1: McDonald's, in any way, shape, or form, a sponsor of your Chicago Bulls. I'm sure that I guess they are because they're doing that contest.
2: Yeah, that you pretty much answered your own question there, coach. Yes. <laughs> so yes.
1: By the, I the know, way, I, I, giving away free stuff. I haven't had you. a Big Mac for years, partly mainly because of the health reason, but don't kid yourself. Still a pretty good sandwich. Just on pure taste.
2: Way too much bun and lettuce. I like more meat in my sandwich. I'm more of like the big, like, cheeseburger guy with less bun. So you added a piece of, of bun in there just to cover up the fact that you put two tiny little uh, yeah. uh, 98% beef patties in there.
0: As you expand your horizons and get into some of these new franchises like, like Five Guys and Culver's and Smashburger, when you go back to something like McDonald's, it's like night and day you can't you can't eat it i i can't eat mcdonald's anymore i just can't <laughs> uh, I, 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 I really can't i mean it's just there's like you, you can you can taste the artificiality to it is the best way i, can I, I
2: completely it. agree with you in that david uh-huh. you can't mean uh, the, the only time i ever ate mcdonald's since 2003 was when triple a listener and and often email tri- e- e- email triple a Uh, took me to a McDonald's the morning after a uh, swinging for the Kids golf outing, Coach. Yep. That was not a good morning for me. Not at all, Coach, is all I'm going to say.
0: Although the, the regular Egg McMuffin is one of the best and most healthy things on anybody's breakfast menus anywhere. Really? Believe it or not, yeah. Little egg, little cheese. I haven't had an egg McMuffin probably in over ten years either. But. Egg, cheese, English muffin, and Canadian bacon, and it's—I mean—surprisingly very low in fat, high in protein, very good for you. I don't know if it's very well. Low I wouldn't say, fat, but good for you. But I mean, in it's, comparison, it's—it's. Mean, it's, it could be considered a healthy breakfast. Well, no. if you
2: exercise, fat in the morning will help make you skinny. And if you don't understand that, people, then you're probably the people who are buying fat-free and sugar-free stuff that's got nothing but chemicals all in those particular products. A okay, well, little fat does not hurt you. It doesn't. And this is from a guy that lost. I went from 33% body fat to below 10 at one point. Now, I'm around 15 right now. but mm-hmm. And I eat a lot of fat, Coach. So,
1: so some strategically placed saturated fat, particularly at the beginning of the day, followed by activity during the day is not necessarily a bad thing.
2: No, it's actually an extremely good thing for you. It's a really, really good thing. And you know, it's it's really funny, coaches. If you eat like a perfect diet in terms of like lean meat and you know the right saturated fats at this time of day, and blah blah blah, the right vegetables and all that, it's so high in cholesterol that you have to eat the right. It's, it's so strange that if you kind of eat perfect, you eat a lot of cholesterol. That's if you're eating meat and you want to have like an extremely lean body. It's there's so many like. Even when you think you're eating perfectly, you're really not. You understand what I mean, coaches, you you can't go to any extreme nowadays. So, it's all right to have a little fat. It's all right to have a little man, not man-made sugar, but natural sugars. That's what people need to learn nowadays is not to freak out over a little bit of fat or sugar as long as it's natural.
0: exactly. I had part of my breakfast this morning. I had a piece of uh, whole grain toast with almond butter mixed with honey on it. Ah, Delicious. Big fan of the almond butter. Mix a little mm-hmm. honey with it. Mix a little honey
1: in it. I will check that out, but I'm, I'm uh, good stuff three times stuff. a week on the way to the way to the radio station. Your little almond butter, I think, Big Dog. You turned me onto the almond butter. By the way, David, add meatheads to your uh, hamburger plate. They got pretty good burgers too.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was uh, going to mention one them. of the new yeah. one yeah. of the new
1: Fang ones. And Big Dog, I will tell you, uh, you mentioned having the McDonald's after uh, the swinging for the kids outing. One of my proudest moments ever was as a youngster, early twenties, driving back from the city of Chicago. Hopefully, I wasn't driving. And we did, I was with a bunch of friends, and we did our usual, you know, White Castle stop, the one on Addison Street. Uh-huh. And I had been talking about it. And I had signed up for a 5K run the next morning. Okay. So my friends my friends were all telling me, yeah, you'll be there, right. You know, you got to wake up at 6 o'clock or whatever for this thing. So, uh, of course, I took that as a challenge. But I pounded down a dozen White Castles with the strategic 2% white milk. That was the key. you got to coat the stomach. But dozen White Castles, little skim milk. Six o'clock in the morning, I'm out in Morton Grove completing one of my fastest 5Ks ever, and I owe White Castle a big part of the, that great time.
2: Uh, you know, forget about Jared at Subway. You need to, you need to get this story out there, Coach. People need to know how triumphant of a morning you yes. had that one day.
1: And it was surprisingly nobody came from behind to, to catch me. I couldn't figure it out. I was going to it say, yeah. No
0: wonder you were fast. You had to get to the finish line before the trots. <laughs> it was
1: amazing. I kept looking behind me, and it was like pe- people would—nobody would catch up to me. Big. I couldn't figure it out.
2: You know, uh, I, I will say this: my grandma one time went to uh, the doctor for incontinence, and uh, <laughs> prescription was a uh, U-swoop uh, White Castle.
1: <laughs> oh goodness. People tuning in for the I'm, I'm laughing because people tuning in for the show for a little sports breakdown. and uh We've thrown in a little sports, Big Dog, but for the most part, probably grossed everybody out for the primary part of the show. I'm
2: sorry about that.
1: Yeah, well, I apologize to I'm part of it. 888-463-6748. Let's get off the basketball front. Big Dog and a coach. Beautiful Friday here in the fine city of Chicago. By the way, Monday, a happy Casimir Pulaski Day in advance to you, Big Dog. You have... uh some slight Polish brethren, but it is Casimir Pulaski Day here in Chicago. The kids have a day off of school.
2: Yeah, of all the great Polish people you could uh, honor, you decided to have any Casimir Pulaski people? Come on. All the great guys in it's Casimir Pulaski.
1: Well, who would be, uh, give me your top five of great Polish people that you would potentially have a day off of school for.
2: Uh, Copernicus would be number one.
1: Copernicus? Yeah. He wasn't Polish.
2: Oh, god you're an idiot okay then Chopin would be the other guy Chopin yeah i gotta check the Now, Chopin wasn't polish and then after that it would be uh joe montana and oh, then the fourth then the fourth one would be dan Marino.
1: so you got montana behind Chopin
2: yes i do coach
1: see i don't understand that and
2: definitely I'm, behind definitely behind Copernicus he's one of the most he was Galileo's inspiration. You yeah. know
1: what I mean that was overrated. Yeah, overrated. Yeah. Overrated. I was never a big Copernicus fan. I always thought he got much more credit than he should have gotten.
2: You you couldn't even name one thing that he did. You're probably right. That's yeah, too bad. <laughs>
1: Oh, I love annoying Big Dog. It's part of the joy I get from this show. All right. Let's uh, continue on to the sports talk off the basketball front, Big Dog, and on to a uh, little pitchers and catchers reporting. I think before you hopped on the phone lines or you were probably talking to David Olson about, uh, you know, some movie back in the 1940s, but I mentioned again, right before getting out of the car to come up to the studio, I'm listening to a Cub interview with Reed Johnson. Live from Mesa, Arizona, spring training. How's everything going, Reed? Oh, it's great. You know, what's the big difference this year? Well, you know, or are there some great young players? Yeah, there are some great young players. But the biggest difference, guys, really is the coaching staff. Our attention to detail this year from the coaches is so much better. We're really doing all the little things. He kept mentioning attention to detail, which, again, all sounded great. But then I kept thinking back, well, what the hell was going on last year? Are you telling me this highly paid coaching staff, Mike Quad and I forget who some of the assistants were, they were not emphasizing attention to detail? It always kills me when I hear that kind of conversation.
2: You know, you're, you're remember the great Rudy uh, Jaramillo, Stein as uh, is, the, he, the hitting instructor? Is he what, not? surprised? a
1: surprise. He's still the hitting instructor, isn't he? Oh,
2: I hope not. Oh, the, he had... His offense in the American League, they average, they hit 285 every year with the highest slugging percentage. They were the Rangers in in the, the, ballpark, the ballpark in Arlington. I mean, I could be their hitting coach. I mean, what is that difficult about being? All of a sudden, comes to the Cubs and they've gone backwards, they've regressed. I mean, Tyler Colvin under Rudy Armill was swinging at pitches in the dirt over his head and looking at them right down the middle. There was so many guys that had been jacked up under Rudy Armill. He's the first one that needs the club. He needs to be cleaned out of the Chicago Cubs system.
1: I gotta check, but I think any Cub fans uh, help us out. I think he's still the batting coach. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Who's this bench coach now? Is it Mark Parent, longtime minor leaguer, backup catcher in, in uh, Major League Baseball for what? Think Mark Parent is the new bench coach. Who was Quate's bench coach? Big Doug? do you remember? Uh, I think it was Don Zimmer. <laughs>
0: I have in front of me the uh, Chicago Cubs coaching staff for 2012. Big Dog's guy, okay. Rody Hiramano, still part of the organization? He is still the batting coach, yes. There uh, you go. Okay. Chris <laughs> Bazio is our pitching coach. Who? Chris Bazio?
2: Chris, Chris Bozzio. He was a long time uh, Milwaukee brewer, and he was really, really bad, which should make him a decent pitching coach.
0: You're right about that. Uh-huh. Uh, Dave McKay is our first page, base coach. Okay.
1: Pete uh, Pat, what's his last name?
0: Listash. God bless you. He's a bench coach. No, third base coach. Oh, he's a third base coach. He's good. Jamie Quirk is your Ah, bench coach. Ah, okay.
1: So Mark Parent was last year. Jamie Quirk. Or maybe Mark Parent's helping Robin Ventura. All right, so basically, Big Dog, a brand-new coaching staff, except for your guy, Rudy Haramil.
2: Coach, I have a trivia question for you. Yes, sir. Which player with the last name Q has the most – When it starts with the last name Q has the most home runs in Major League baseball history?
1: Great question. It's not Jimmy Qualls, ex-center fielder for the 69 Cubs.
2: No, it's not. And, yeah, and he was only there for a while until Don Young replaced him with a yeah. suicide, um, a, a poison
1: pill. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a queue with more than two that Jimmy Qualls' career had. Uh, that's a great question. Hold on a second.
2: I want to throw out there to Dave Olson. do D- D- you have any guesses on who? It's, which not, player not, Carlos,
1: it's not Carlos Quentin, certainly.
2: Oh, you know what, Carlos Quinton will have passed the guy now. He will have passed him, so it's now Carlos. It's got to be Carlos Quinton now because it was Jaime Quirk before. Really? Yes, yeah, so you're exactly right. Carlos Quinton has had to have passed Jaime Quirk at this Boy, point. That's, that's... I'm glad you threw Carlos Quinton out there.
1: Thank you. So. Not a great history of uh, of cues and power hitting, though. Jamie Quirk was your how many? Did Jamie Quirk have 120?
2: No, he had like 70, maybe maybe even 50. He didn't wow. have that many, but like
1: you know, Dan Quisenberry didn't bet very often. <laughs> yeah, interesting. All right, so there's oh, your cup know. coaches. And anyhow, the point I was trying to make is I, I just can't believe that this is the highest level of the profession, Big Doug. Theoretically, the best of the best of the best of the coaches, the best of the best of the best of the players, the organization. I mean, these coaches spend weeks, do they not? A good part of their off-season planning, the six weeks training. That's a big part of what the coaching staff does. Yeah, yeah. You're and, and you're you, telling you're me? Prepared. And, and, and I'm hearing, oh, hey, this year the attention to detail was great. We're working much more on fundamentals. Well, what the hell were you doing last year?
2: Can't understand. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I totally agree. I don't understand. Why you know, Coach, I've never been a football coach, but yet I have uh, the first three weeks of my football practices already, like, scheduled, and then I have the four possible weeks, depending if it's, a fr- Friday going on a Friday or a Saturday to a Friday, Friday or Saturday or Saturday, Saturday. Do you understand like, the schedules? Yes, sir. And for, for 30 years, Major League players, coaches haven't done this? Here's here's, here's Instead of being angry, here's what I'm thinking. You know, uh, Theo Epstein wrote a book called The Cub Way. Yes. And he's handing it out to uh, all the scouting and player development people in the Cubs organization. By the way, my guy this year, man, I was talking to him, he has stolen... A copy of that, it has some excerpts. Coach, eventually he's going to release it to everybody on the website. There's some pretty mm-hmm. funny stuff in there. You're going to want to see that when it actually is released, Coach. As
1: a sidelight, by the way, this year, man, took a few hits. Took a few shots during the week from some of our uh, Facebook writer-inners. You know, what, what, what did one guy say? It was only one guy, right? Firing on this year, man. What did, what, what did they Well, say? I think he was criticizing this year's man, criticism of White Sox fans. Remember this year, man. Basically, what did he say about White Sox fans in that yeah. YouTube video?
2: Yeah, well, he was making fun of them, and then the guy was like, "You, you said on three fifty five that you just go there to get drunk." And then I was, then I responded, not this year, man, but I responded. Typical White Sox fan can't doesn't understand English because he said he goes to the cell and just goes and gets drunk. And then the guy, said, You're just, White Cup fans are just haters. And the whole point was the guy was talking about how he goes to White Sox games. I go to White Sox games. White Sox fans can't call me a hater. Matter of fact, I'll go to at least five this year. So I find that funny.
1: Okay. All right, continue on your thought. You had the Theo Epstein Cubway book, which I love, by the way, the concept of it.
2: Okay, well, maybe it's this. Maybe there always has been attention to detail, but like they, the Cubs have always been renowned for being fundamentally poor, okay? So like Theo Epstein has gone beyond and like is stressing it to the point where it's never been stressed in a major league uh, camp before to really change this whole atmosphere of the Cubs being renowned for uh, batters that swing at balls, guys that don't throw the ball to the right base, guys that loaf around the bases. Just pretty much laziness and, (laughs) I mean, let's face it, the Cubs have had... The Cubs have never been thought of being a fundamentally sound team. The very few years they were, I remember, like in 1989 when Zimmer was the manager, they were fundamentally sound. They won the most games in the National League that year.
1: Mm-hmm. So interesting you bring lot... that up, by the way, because one of the notes I had is the little bunting tournament they had. Very, very cool, adding some spice, a little competition. It started with 64 players, Big Dog, down to the final 16. And I don't know if this is a good thing or bad game, bad thing, but. Last-minute entry manager Dale Swain, uh-huh. is now amongst the final 16. Yeah,
0: that's,
2: that doesn't concern me too much. It doesn't concern me. It'll concern me if he wins, though. <laughs> It'll concern me if Tony Campana was knocked out in the first round. He, he he was. Oh goodness, was he really?
1: Yeah. By the way, this weekend, you know, with all the basketball, see if you can catch a little highlights. Dale Swain versus Ryan Dempster. Bunting competition, round of 16. Very exciting.
2: Uh, i got to say, my money is on dumpster on that one. Dumpster will get it done, Coach.
1: I hope so. I hope so. It's only two
2: wins by Dale Swain. but mean, he probably was taking out guys that were going to be in the minor leagues in a month. <laughs>
1: hey, real quick, the uh, Chicago White Sox, a uh, quick note on them, and it's really via the Florida Marlins because on the front page of the sports page today, Mark Burley in a Florida Marlin uniform, and it almost didn't enter my mindset. I had to be reminded, big dog, you know, we've heard of Carlos Zambrano of Florida Marlin, Jose Reyes of Florida Marlin, that for the first time in a long, long, long time, the Chicago White Sox do not have their rocket Gibraltar starting pitcher Mark Burley, now of Florida Marlin.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was back in the 90s, wasn't it? I mean, I think Burley came up in in 99 or 2000 when Mm -hmm. they won the division. They had the most wins in the American League in two thousand and I'm pretty sure he was on that pitching staff, him and Soraka and Parquet.
1: Yep. He's been a he's been a constant. It's gonna be weird watching the White Sox without uh not that he's been spectacular at times he has, but he's just been solid. Comfort zone. You picture him in the black with the white logo and uh, just watching him and seeing him as a Florida Marlin. It was an odd picture.
2: Yeah, i I guess it is it's weird seeing everybody in a Florida Marlin. Uh, uniform because those are some ugly ass uniforms. That's the space they coach.
1: Yes, and by yeah, the way, if me. you look at the front page of your Sports Illustrated, one of the worst headlines they've ever come up with. They got Ozzie Jose Reyes on the front, and the underneath it is "Welcome to Marlin Sanity."
2: Weak. Oh goodness! Really so, weak. We. I, I'm done with the Lynn everything. Yes. Uh, by the way, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna I was the first one to be like, I love the kid, and it's a great story, and I'm going to continue to feel that way, Coach. But uh, I think the love of the New York Knicks has gone a little bit overboard. I'm kind of liking it as a Chicago Bull fan because all of a sudden, oh, the Knicks, it's the Knicks and the Heat. Oh, I can't wait until the Bulls have to play the the Heat or the Mm -hmm. Knicks because that's a matchup that just screams Chicago Bulls all over. I'm going to like that. Yeah. And
0: and,
1: and don't – don't take this the wrong way. I don't want to speak for the big go, but I think you'd agree with me. It's not we're not tired of the Jeremy Lynn story. It's phenomenal. No. And we're rooting no, for no, the kid. His all. first game back from the All Star break, nineteen points, thirteen assists. He only took twelve shots.
2: It's Once just the whole over. the
1: whole Lin Sanity thing and the Knicks are the next uh you know, the next great thing.
2: I guarantee you if the same exact story happens, an Asian American kid, blah blah blah, and it happens to be Golden State, it would be a big story, not the biggest story mm-hmm. in entertainment. Forget it sports it's the biggest story entertainment in the world right now honestly it is because in uh trust me my girlfriend's parents are chinese they don't speak any english they know who jeremy Lin is i see their newspapers they get every single day jeremy Lin is on the cover of their newspaper every single day every day coach Okay. Not, I mean, like, I walk through Chinatown. There's pictures of Jeremy Lin everywhere we go. So, mm-hmm. And it's like that in Taipei, Taiwan, everywhere. In, like, in China right now, Jeremy Lin is everywhere. So it's truly the biggest entertainment story in the world.
1: Have we heard anything on the Jeremy Lin's social life? Is he married? Girlfriend? Uh, is he a homebody? Uh, does he get do, out and do park? Do you remember the
2: whole... Remember the whole Tim Tebow thing, like right when Tim Tebow really hit it big this year, about, you know, like 10 weeks ago? Yep. And then there was a different girl he was dating every single day. It's the same way with Jeremy Lin. Okay. And it was funny as uh, Rachel Nichols asked him about it, and he just laughed. He was like, he's like, I I don't have any time in the first place. (laughs) He's like, like, I can't imagine having to date all these girls at the same time. Interesting.
1: Not not that it's a related topic. It just popped in my head because I haven't mentioned it for a while, and certainly not Connected to Jeremy Lin, but I, I point out to you once again that we have never, ever had a professional athlete in one of the four major team sports, while they're playing, come out as gay. And I believe, no. Big Dog, I, I, of course I predicted a couple of years ago that it's going to happen, but that's going to happen in the near future. But, but believe it or not, and correct me if I'm wrong, there has never been an active Professional athlete in those four sports that has come out while they're playing and uh, come out of the closet and said they're game.
2: Yeah, not in American team sports. Yeah. There hasn't. In individual sports, there's definitely been yes. people who come out. And I can't even think of, like, if you talk about the other great leagues of the world, like uh, the Premiership League in, uh, in 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 England, I don't even know if, like, anybody over there has done that either. Or the Spanish League, what I forget what they call uh, La Liga. Mm hmm. Uh, you know I don't know if that's even happened
1: there I can't confirm like Australian rules rugby I'm not sure if anyone's come out as gay but it has to happen modern day I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet I would think in the next couple of years.
2: Don't tell me where or who you got to name me what is the most likely position of the four team sports that you're gonna find out where a guy comes out
1: you know this I'm might gonna... this might surprise you. I'm going to go offensive line in football.
2: It's funny you said that because I was thinking, uh, like, uh, elephant end, like the pass rush end, your Charles Haley. You know, that guy, I was thinking he was going to be the one.
1: Yeah, somehow I think so, offensive linemen, I don't know why, but just by instinct, more than really defensive ends, huh? Your rush guys.
2: But it's funny, we both talk football. But There's 53 guys on a football team. You know, so what, yep. what are you going to say, like, off guard and basketball? There's, you know, yep. there's.
0: There's only a few out. Right.
1: Anyhow, I don't know why I came up with that odd thought, but uh, that was a prediction I made a couple of years ago. It hasn't come up yet. I'll remake the prediction. Uh, real quick, by the way, on football, two quick notes, Big Dong. One, uh, and I know you're excited about this spring, and I don't mean that sarcastically. You legitimately are. Spring college football workouts will be beginning very soon, little second season for college football. And then talk real quickly, our very own Chicago Bears have dropped a couple of players, Frank Omeye. And Anthony Adams off of the roster, good thing or bad thing?
2: Uh, well, uh, uh, both. They're both good things. It's funny when they announced beforehand, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna cut Anthony Adams tomorrow. Uh, we like Anthony Adams, good guy." And then the next day, yeah, we cut Frank Omey, too. <laughs> no, no pre-announcement. No, like, hey, thanks for the years. <laughs> I-, I want you to think about this, coach. Uh, honestly, okay. Walter Payton, I, I was—I I need to look it up on Football profootballreference.com. Pro Football but I do know that Walter Payton did not make a million dollars in his career until about 1982, okay, which would have been his sixth season. He played for 13 years, okay. Uh, actually, no, that yeah, that would have been yeah, a little sixth year. You've had 13 seasons, okay. Well, think about this. He made about 13 million total for his whole entire career with the Bears. That's what I'm guessing. It's pretty close to that. Mm-hmm. Frank Omaya signed a uh, a $14 million contract with the Chicago Bears for three seasons 3 wow. years ago. Think about that. Coach. He made $14 million with the Bears. I I guarantee he made in the ballpark of Walter Payton. Contracts have gotten out of hand when when, when you're talking I got a little mad to be honest with you when you're talking about like oh Derek Rose does anybody deserve $95 million? I, I'm going to defend Derrick Rose forever on that, but Frank Omiye and 14
1: million. Come on, wow! That is $14 million. That's, so. that's a, I've never heard of putting. I mean, we we obviously know the differences in salaries between the generations, but that's a pretty graphic way of putting it. Frank Omiye yeah. has made that's more Peyton. money than the great Walter Payton,
2: and he played wow. one third of the time. And I, you know what? I I will have to go to Pro Football Reference to check this. But I think uh, the wins against replacement Walter Payton probably ranks higher than Frank O'Meay statistically in the Chicago Bear list. Just throwing it out there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> so,
2: goodness! So yeah, he's that's a good thing. He needed to go, Coach. Yeah. Oh my! God. He never blocked anyone.
1: Well, and remember his nickname for a while. We kidded him by. He had a few good games. He had some moments, but it was Frank. Oh my God! Right? Because yeah. Oh, the,
2: uh, well, it was, and then it was, and then after a while, people started getting, why are you putting, taking God's name in Frank veins? So we were like, Frank uh, Olay, instead of Frank Olay.
1: Yeah, or us of the Jewish brethren, we would go, Ivy. Uh, so there were many ways you could go with it. Not many of them very um, very um positive in nature for our good friend Frank Olay. So best wishes to them, but overall, good thing. The Bears are replenishing the supply, hopefully bringing in some uh, good young players picked up.
2: Yes, and they and, and hopefully players like Chris Williams and Gabe Cremini uh, and, and Jamarcus Webb. Jamarcus Webb obviously is a seventh-round draft pick who, for considering where the Bears have taken him, you've got to consider him a success, even though he's a little bit, as of right now, still a below-average left tackle. Mm-hmm. You get a starting left tackle as a rookie who got drafted in the seventh round, that was a good pick, no matter how poorly he played. Uh, so hopefully these guys can take a next step, Coach, because wouldn't it be nice if the Bears actually, as much as I love linemen, I would much rather have their linemen already on their team, and hopefully their draft pick could be like a blockbuster wide receiver or mm-hmm. a cover corner or a pass rusher. If they have to take another offensive lineman yep. just because it's messed up in the past, uh, he they, 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 they better be good is all I want to say. Please, if they take offensive lineman this year, finally, could he finally block someone as, as a rookie? mm
0: mm-hmm.
1: Your your comment about Jamarcus Webb kind of reminds me, you know, uh, well, you know, we, hey, we got ourselves a left tackle. You know, that's pretty good for a seventh round pick. How effective he is, it doesn't really matter. The fact that he's starting, you know, that's pretty good for a for a seventh round pick. Well, you know, anybody, I could put anybody in and, and, and you know put him in a left tackle. You got to be good. And it reminds me a little bit, Big Dog, as I chuckle and smile a little bit. How when they talk about pitchers, oh, this guy's great for eating up innings. He stays healthy, you know. He'll give us two hundred innings. You know, yeah. Okay. You know, I could give you two hundred innings, but the guy gave you two hundred innings last year. His ERA was five point two. He eats up a lot of innings for. It. Give me somebody who eats up innings and does it effectively. You and me could go out there and eat up innings. I'm with you. Yeah, they eat up <laughs> innings
2: with a three and a half ERA, not a five and a half <laughs> yeah, ERA.
1: Exactly. So, exactly.
2: What, what, what I was saying is, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, Jamarcus Webb can be a starter. This, like a legitimate yes. good and they don't have to waste an offensive a pick on the nineteenth yes. pick again on their offensive lineman. Not that those are wasted, yeah. but when you pick Chris Williams and he doesn't play as a rookie and then you find out he's only a guard and he was a, like a fourteenth pick overall, something tells me there was a pass rusher or a corner or a playmaking wide receiver that went after Chris uh. Williams that you're truly thereafter.
1: after. That's that's what I'm getting at. We opened up the show with a man on a kayak. We had a little controversial discussion on Copernicus and we ended out with Jamarcus Webb. I don't know about you, Doll, but that's a complete show right there.
2: Marcus Webb is not happy about it because he's next.
1: I'm still not happy about you rating Copernicus, the number one Polish guy. We'll talk on Monday on Kazmir Pulaski Day. We'll re- we'll re-rate the top five Polish people of all time. I'm, I still don't think Copernicus is, is all that Polish, quite frankly.
2: You, you, yeah, well, you have no idea what you're talking <laughs> about. That, does anybody
1: with a brain would agree with me. <laughs> have a great weekend, big dog. Later. All right. Two guys at the MikeTalkZone.com. Signing off. We'll see you Monday. Uh, see you Monday at ten. Have a great weekend, everybody.